0: big one welcome to you this is the aware parenting podcast with lael stone and marian rose phd we have juicy conversations about things that matter in parenting and life we're exploring all that aware parenting has to offer from many different angles and we are so glad that you're here Hello and a big warm welcome to you my name is Marion Rose
1: and I'm Lael Stone
0: and welcome to (laughs) (laughs) we've forgotten how to do podcasts because it's so long since we did our one anyway
1: (laughs) oh it's good to be back we were just saying oh it's been feels like it's been weeks in between chats but um probably hasn't been that long but we're uh we've we've we're out of practice but welcome welcome everyone welcome back (laughs) What's this podcast called, Marion?
0: Have you missed us? us? Um, This one is called Staying Calm. Mm. And Lael, over to you. Would you like to share why we decided to choose this topic?
1: Yeah, so we did get a message from a lovely mama, and we love getting messages, so you can always message us via Instagram or Facebook. And she sent us a message that said, Dear Lael and Marion, thank you so much for your podcast. I'm relatively new to gentle parenting and I'm learning so much. Could you maybe record a podcast on self-regulation? I find it super challenging to stay regulated when my little toddler has a meltdown. It would be so helpful if you could share how to stay calm in the heat of the moment. I fail often. Many thanks. So we thought that was a beautiful invitation to explore a little bit more around how we find our centre, how we stay calm. And it is something that turns up a lot with with um, with parents that we work with. I think they understand the theory and they understand the why behind how we would or why we hold space for our children and their big feelings. But putting it into action is a whole other thing and it is very and it can feel very, very challenging. And I know, you know, when I first started years ago, I found it so challenging and so confronting. And it is definitely something that we often need to practice. So we wanted to delve into that topic a little bit more today, and and give our listeners some ideas and tools to to work with, perhaps, so that they can find more of their center. And I just want to say to start off with like we all have our own terminology around what we're talking about here. So I often use the word, um, be the anchor. So I, and I explain it for me, it's how it lands in my head that I imagine that I'm, holding and i'm strong and and my children are out on the waves and um sometimes it's calm and it's beautiful and sometimes it's a really rocky storm and it's my job to be that anchor to hold them so that they don't sail away somewhere so i often use the term be the anchor or find your center that's how i say it so today you know i might mention that that's what i'm talking about what words do you use marion yeah i mean then
0: the 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 lovely mama who shared the question, I noticed when you were saying it, we had she had the phrase staying calm in there. I like calm, I, I like presence. I talk about the word presence, and um, I might use centered as well. Um, but yeah, calm, presence, centered, mm. yeah, centered with yeah. ourselves, yeah. yeah.
1: And and really, what we're talking about is that place that we feel within when we know that we are calm and that we know that perhaps our breathing is is feeling easy. We're not feeling ourselves move into that fight or flight response. We're not getting activated. We're not wanting to yell we're able to hold space, you know, or what I call we we create spaciousness within our our body and our being so that our children can bring whatever's going on for them. And, you know, I know people know what that feels like. We all, I think at times in our life have known what that feels like. We also know what it feels like to be on the other side of that. When we are perhaps feeling overwhelmed, angry, frustrated, and someone can meet us with that centeredness, Mm -hmm. how it, how it helps us beautifully come back to finding our own center and our rhythm and all those kind of things so it's something that I think everybody perhaps knows somewhere in their story in their life story but it's such an important piece of parenting if we can learn how to master that so that we can um, turn up for our kitties in the way they need.
0: Mm. I'm suddenly remembering um, giving birth and uh, both of mine at at home and I remember the father of my children being there and just constantly being there with and he is so deeply present because of all his tai chi and how uh, his quality of presence and the words he was using and his centeredness and all of these beautiful things really supported me in staying really deeply calm and present and that's like a another metaphor as well so it can be really helpful can't it to think of times where we have felt really, perhaps really scared, exactly as you said, really overwhelmed, all of those things and to, to actually be with someone. So I uh, invite you to think about a time that you that you did feel really big feelings for whatever reason and someone was there with you and to remember the power of that and that we have that power as parents to support ourselves to be in that state more of the time, not expecting that, we, that any shoulds around that, because there are lots of reasons why it's really hard to be in that mm. place. Um, and that can be really helpful, can't it, to realize how powerful it is for, for our children to experience that from us? Mm,
1: totally. Do you know what? I'm, yeah, Karen. Mm. No, I was just thinking why, why you talked about Michael and, and the birth. I bet yeah. I I think like I worked as a doula for a really long time. So I went to women's births and that was the job. The job was to, to be that centeredness whilst they were riding those waves of contractions, while they were working through all their beautiful stuff of of birthing their baby, you know, the job of the doula was really to hold that belief. I know you can do this. I've got you, you know, um, I can be with you. I can hold it, you know, and I think doing that work for a long time really helped me then be able to do it with my kids because there was that place where I was like, oh, I know what the intensity feels like and what that what we need to hold within that. And, and that just as you're saying that it made me go, yeah, I think that that gave me some beautiful um, framework to bring it, you know, with my children as well, different from a birthing woman, but still similar qualities that sometimes are needed.
0: Yes. Mm. And because we talk so much in aware parenting, don't we, this is not just about techniques or strategies or practices just think that we're, we're not just kind of putting band-aids on it has a web parenting has such a deep and profound understanding of why children behave as they do and also of course then adults so I thought what we might do today as well is not only just talk about how we can help ourselves be more likely to stay calm more of the time with our child or children but also to understand what uh, what in us means that we don't that we're not calm what what is causing us to to do whatever that isn't calm it can be really helpful to have again that understanding so that that information piece can be so important to really understand what's going on underneath the the feelings that we're
1: feeling yes yes because it's there's many um pieces to this. We, we were just talking before we started recording and you were, you were bring up Marion. It, it is part of what we're thinking. It is also part of what we're feeling. It's also part of our body. Like there's all parts of this that come together that, that work as we Learn how to heal our own stories, and then turn up for our children the way we want to. And I think we have to often address all of those parts. And you talk about it so beautifully. I, okay, I think you need to launch into into the the bigger theories of what they are because it's um you know we've we've just been writing about this in our book, haven't we? Around. Our responses to our children, and sometimes it is, it's what we're thinking, what needs we have, or, or what we're actually feeling at past, all that kind of stuff. So, you go. This is this is your magic. <laughs> this
0: is what I love, and I really want to acknowledge Aletha Salter, of course, the, the creator and founder of Aware Parenting, because it's her way of understanding the the, the three causes of children's behaviour. Which, if you haven't heard us talk about that, we've got lots of podcasts on that, and to really look at that as well in terms of the three causes of feelings or the three types of feelings is what I like to call it and we've got lots about it in our book so <laughs> stay tuned uh, and so again exactly as you said loud to be thinking about those three layers and what I think is wonderful about aware parenting is that it really does address those three layers and levels whereas um, some other approaches may beautifully dive in deep to one of those or two of those but to, to actually address all three means we've got. Um, you know, we're most likely to be supporting ourselves to stay calm all the time. Mm-hmm. So if we think about it exactly as you said. There are those three. The first is our body, so that's also our needs. So if we have a lot of unmet needs in the present, as a parent, which is so common in our culture and particularly in these times. We're literally going to feel uncomfortable feelings. We're going to feel agitated. We're going to feel antsy. We're going to feel overwhelmed. And you know, if we're not getting our basic needs met for empathy or for sleep or for support or community or compassion or listening or expression, which you might be listening to this and be thinking, oh, my God, I might you know, might not be getting any of these needs met. Our body is literally signaling to us to get those needs met. We're, if we are you know, on the most basic level, if we need food, we will feel hungry. If we need connection, we will feel lonely. You know our body is amazing and so wise and we'll be communicating on that basic physiological level if there's some unmet needs. And uh, that's part of the, the whole fight or flight, which we, you know we're not going to be talking lots about unless you want to talk about it loud, but again, on that really understanding on a physiological level, our body's doing amazing stuff always to support us in your beautiful words, Lau, to come back into balance to communicate to us what we need and, and basically the more our, unmet need, our needs are unmet and the more, um, you know, we're feeling stressed because of that, Our here and now situation, our body is going to be feeling agitated and antsy. And it is really hard to stay calm if our child is having a tantrum or saying no repeatedly to what we're asking them to do, if we are feeling that on that physiological level. Mm -hmm. So, of course, we'll be talking about this more, then we can address things on that physiological level, which is, as you talked about, things like breathing and our presence in our body and really attending to our needs. So, really attending to that level there's also our thoughts so what we're what we're thinking what we're telling ourselves what information we have about children about feelings about the causes of their behavior our own I love your what's your word I wrote it down our imprints Laos beautiful world uh, my word themes you know whatever we've got going on in our mind that also has an impact on us so That's part of the reason we're doing these podcasts is to give you information so you understand aware parenting, you understand this way of understanding, you understand this way of understanding, Mm -hmm. understanding children, because if you're telling yourself, you know, if your child's having a tantrum, and you are more in the old domination culture way of understanding it, and you're telling yourself that, you know, they're, you know, all the unenjoyable things that happen in that culture. If, if we are telling ourselves those things, we are going to feel frustrated. We're going to feel powerless. We're, we're going to be more likely to, and again, in our bodies, we're not going to be feeling calm if we're telling ourselves the reason our child isn't cooperating is because they're manipulating us or they're doing it deliberately to wind us up. Or why haven't they just learned now all of these, you know, to put their shoes away? And again, all of these things are normal and natural. It's normal to have these thoughts, but the more we, un- and the more we understand that those ways of thinking are going to be impacting how we feel in our bodies. And they're going to be creating feelings of agitation and frustration and powerlessness and anger. Again, we're going to be invited to attend to those. And that might be getting more information. It might be reading Aletha's books. It might be you know uh doing our own inner work so we're changing our imprints to use your word lao all of that work on that thinky level as i talk about that's going to be changing how we feel in our bodies so we'll i'm sure we'll talk about that more and then the third
1: um, yes before you jump into the third thing i'm wondering if i can just share this because i'm yeah, um, to bring it into reality for people um everything you're saying i'm sitting there going when I was, uh, when I had little kids before, I guess I knew it, we're parenting, those first two pieces were so big for me and why I found it so challenging because I was not meeting any of my own needs. Like I had a really, really off story around self-care. My my belief systems were you do everything for your children and you have to keep them happy all the time. So I wasn't asking for help. Um, I was not taking care of myself. So I had really, had really poor boundaries as well. So I wasn't really taking care of myself at all. So those first pieces there I wasn't meeting my own needs. And the second piece, the thoughts piece was all connected to my husband. Why is he not doing more? Why do I, have to do everything. Um, he should see that I need help. And so I was in this really resentful loop, um, also not getting my needs met. And so I look back at my all from like, you know, my son's about to turn 21. So I just go, wow, this is from many, many years ago. And I just think, those two pieces of information would have been huge to actually go, ah, oh, there's actually stuff I can do around this. And and I wasn't able really to hold space for my children because I felt all those those needs and my thoughts were just impacting so greatly on me being able to turn up for my children. Because when my kids did get upset, my, my thought pattern was, God, what now? Like, why can't you just be happy? You know, why can't you just... You know, do what I ask you to do. Like it just everything felt hard. It just felt relentlessly hard. And I felt trapped and I felt like I was never going to change. And and really, when I look back and think my needs were definitely not getting met, and all the beautiful stuff I had to learn from that place was so contributing to how hard it actually felt. And I just wanted to share that because I know that there's plenty of other mamas out there who have felt like this. So and who perhaps are feeling like this now. And I guess I wanted to share that just to say it can shift and change and it is possible and understanding these pieces make a massive difference in changing that inner dialogue of actually asking for what we want, getting our needs met. They are two such fundamental play, uh, pieces in the puzzle to be able to turn up for our kids in the way we want. So I, you know, I'm so grateful for what you're sharing with that, Marion, because I think that Those two pieces are really, really, really important. I mean, the third one's a big one as well, which we're about to get to, but this just feels like I see that a lot with the the clients I work with. And I I see it play out a lot of the time of those main thoughts that we go through and also, you know, what, um, where we're not taking care of ourselves as well.
0: I love that, Lao. Not I love that. I don't love that you experienced that. I'm sending love to that younger you, uh, and I love the way you articulate that. And in particular, that all three of these things they are interwoven. They're not separate, discrete things. You know, Mm. our uh, we're going to be talking about the third thing, and you know, they all interweave. So the third thing is our our own feelings that didn't get to be expressed. That's either in the present, but usually from the past, and those will often interweave with then beliefs that we um, acquired or came to conclusions about. So there'll be, you know, we might feel feelings and we might have thoughts that show up and they might then be related to why we're not taking, you know, taking care of our needs or asking for what we want or saying no or whatever it is. So they're all interwoven. So, So I really love that you brought that in. And the more we inquire lovingly into these and untangle them and start to lift them out and to start to attend to them it's so the the power that we have to really change things is is immense isn't it i think to really see ah this is this is this and this is this and to 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 not just have a blanket you know when i'm when I'm feeling agitated, it just means I need to go and do X, Y, and Z. It's we we're always such complex and gorgeous, amazing mm. beings, aren't we? So it's, yes. like, it's like this: you have, we all have magic inside of us. That's how I see it. When, when we're untangling these things, we've all got all these three things. Untangling them is is um, you know it can be a
1: wondrous journey as well as hard and challenging and big, but amazing. I love that. And I think you're so right. It's it isn't often just one. There are many pieces to it. And that's going to look different for every single parent. So I know for me too, when when I was finding it the most challenging. In parenting you know I was coming out of trauma and so anything that felt chaotic or loud or you know big and aggressive just I could feel my whole body just go I can't cope I can't cope I need to make it all okay for my kids or I need to stop them or I need to you know just make it go away <laughs> because I couldn't cope and that was a really a big part of my healing journey was going okay my body firstly needs some help as well right so my mind needed lots of help to process and unpack and feel a big part of the story of why I was feeling the way I was but my body needed support as well and and for me I went and did a lot of osteo um cranial osteopathy lots of acupuncture lots of body work to just help move some of the story that I could feel was still sitting in my body that was a huge piece for me that took some time so that my body could feel like it had a greater capacity to, to hold. But so I remember thinking that was such a big piece that needed to happen. The understanding piece was really, really important as well. The needs, the self-care, like it was, as you were saying, it was complex and it was unique to me of what I needed to do. I didn't feel like so much of what was Um, I was being reactive to was from my childhood past it wasn't so big it was it was more around something that had happened to me that had had felt like and it was a trauma and that's what I was working with but for some parents what we do see is that you know when our children get angry or perhaps when they're aggressive or when those when they're really in the thick of those big feelings As we've talked about so many times in this podcast, you know, if our needs were not met when we were little, that can take us straight back to that moment where it's like this is unsafe, this does not feel okay. Or we can even have thoughts that say something like, well, I wasn't allowed to get angry when I was a kid, so you are not allowed to get angry. Or that it's not It's not safe for you to cry. If you cry, something bad will happen to you. Or we have these stories, these often these internal dialogues and, and as I say, imprints that will pop up in these moments and say there's something, this is not okay this is not right. And, and it is, it is a bit of a journey of discovery, isn't it? To figure out where those stories come from, what they need, you know, um, and, and what parts of you, whether it's your body, the past, your healing thoughts, support, whatever it is, needs to be looked at so that we can find our way back. And, and the thing I, I want to offer is sometimes that journey takes time, you know, it, and I think, cause we are all complex beings and we all have had story sometimes that can be shifted and moved simply others others it takes time and gentleness and lots of compassion to move those pieces till we feel like we have more capacity and and we can't compare to anybody else around how that looks because we are all unique in our journey and and sometimes it is time is the greatest healer as we do that work gently and slowly
0: Mm, I love that. I love exactly how you express that and that that uniqueness and that aiming to avoid, uh, to refrain from comparing ourselves to anyone else and how they might be reacting or not reacting or what they're doing or not doing or what practices they're doing or how they're getting help, whatever it is. Because I'm thinking, um, actually one of my mentees uses an image of um, tangled up wool. Imagine if we've all got tangled up wool, which are our, these three elements, which we could vaguely say is you know, more on a physiological level, although, of course, feelings are in our bodies, but more like physiology, body needs, um, our thoughts, our mind, our imprints uh, and our themes and our feelings and from the past. That it's almost like you know, each of us is going to have different wall tangles. Some of us are going to have massive wall tangles. Some of us, some of us are going to have smaller ones, and that the, the, it's that unique journey of like pulling a bit of a thread and pulling it a bit more. And oh, what comes here? And you know, for one person, it'll be yes, I need to go and um, yeah, care for my body or or attend to my breathing or whatever it is, meet my needs more. And for someone else, it's going to be something completely different. And when we really part of a web pony is so much about trust, isn't it? we've talked about this before in that lovely one that we did, but it's also about re-learning how to trust ourselves in our own journey as a parent of our own healing, of our own um, yeah following those threads around, okay, what's you know what is the next? thing mm. for me to attend to what is going to be the most helpful here
1: mm. just
0: like for any child it's going to be different it's going to be different mm-hmm. for us so yummy isn't it
1: mm. it is and I think the thing is that when and look you know another piece to this too and I think I've seen this turn up in in lots of the emergence or work I've done is that we can realize this as a parent go, "Yeah, that's what I need." And then we can go into the story, but I can't it's too hard. like i I don't have support or I don't have money to get the support or or but that's just how it is. Like we can often then almost sabotage ourselves from shifting those stories because it feels can feel scary to actually sometimes let go of that story. And I know this can sound like a concept of what do you mean? I don't like feeling like this. I want to feel different. But I always say this, we are always coming from protection and we are always protecting ourselves on some level. And we've learned from a very young age how to keep ourselves safe by doing what we need to do to survive. And so when we have a big story, sometimes um, even though we don't like it, shifting that story feels more dangerous than staying in the story and that is something that was a big game changer for me too in my journey it was actually you Marion that pointed it out to me many 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 years ago it was something about my son I think well, I can't even remember what it was now but you know when we said well what would it mean if you did let that go or you did have the support you know I what came up for me was like but that would mean that then I would be this or I would look like that and And that's not who I am and what would that mean? And there was a whole big story that went around why it was. So on some level, staying in the stuck story for me around it's hard and I don't have support and parenting is just challenging all that kind of stuff, it served me on some level because my greater fear was, well, if I let that go, then this might happen and and that felt bigger until I realised, well, that's actually just a thought and that's not even true and and I can actually take little steps to, to shift and change that. So that may be something too to be really mindful of. What stories do we tell ourselves around how we can't shift this or where we're at? You know, and and I think I don't know, we both often talk about this that we believe in healing and we believe in timing and trust and all those beautiful pieces that even if we take one little step forward to say, I'm willing, in your beautiful words, to shift this. I'm willing to get more support. I'm willing to help my body find its way back into its centre. I am willing to bring, you know, someone in my life that I can talk to or who can listen to some of my feelings. I'm willing to work with my limits so I can say, no, whatever it is, if we've got, I just think if we have like a little bit of a door open, just the tiniest bit, then, then that's the first step towards shifting and changing some of our stories within this.
0: Yeah, I'm loving it. I'm getting this image of like, like when you're talking about the the imprint, the story, it's like when we might perhaps go, oh, gosh, I am willing to believe it's possible for me to get support. And it's almost like in terms of that wool metaphor, like one piece of wool kind of moves away and then opens up to the next thing, which might be we might suddenly find ourselves having a really big cry with our empathy buddy or therapist or whoever it is or partner around all the times where we didn't get support and then suddenly we might find ourselves oh my gosh I'm you know I'm really willing to go to this mother's group or I'm really willing to ha- go and have some massage or oh look there's half price massage you know whatever it is you know it's like the that beautiful unraveling and uh, uh, unraveling is often seen in a unenjoyable way isn't it but it's like the unraveling of our Of our consciousness, where Mm. as as we take each gentle step, whether it's Mm. the 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 thoughts or the needs or the feelings, that it leads Mm. to the next step in our journey. And if we're willing to trust ourselves, or Enough to keep mm. following that—it's healing. Just mm. will keep mm. happening and happening and happening. It's like that's what we and do. That, to
1: do. <laughs> that's it. And then, and then you get really good at knowing what you need. So, yeah. you know, I've had a particularly stressful <laughs> six months to a year with all the thing that's been going on, and I'm very good at taking care of my needs now. I'm really, really good. But for me. I have noticed a level of, um, and I wouldn't really call it stress because I don't get stressed, but I've noticed my body feels different. It's It's a little bit shaky. I noticed that I'm a little bit more quick to react and stuff like that. And... I think that um, I'm noticing, you know, oh, I need to be really careful here because um, I can see that I could really tip out of balance pretty easily with all the things I've got going on. And, you know, for me, my go to is like, okay, well, I need to take care of my body first. And so I have these amazing work, you know, body therapist workers, you know, with my mentalities that I love that I just make sure that I do now because I need that for I feel that that soothes my nervous system and then it's talking to someone like it's whether we have Marion, we have catch-ups and before we even do any work we go where are you what's going on <laughs> let's download before we even do anything it's that sustains me and then for me you know meditating or listening to relaxations you know I try and do that every day now just because I'm really busy I'll just take half an hour out of my day to just go and lay down and listen to that because that feels like it brings some soothing to just my soul and my center. Mm. And I'm hyper aware in a time where I'm really, really busy. I need to do that even more mm. um, because to hold myself. Now, I also want to flag. I have, you know, pretty, almost all three adult children or not yet the youngest one's still little, but you know, my my kids don't need me like what they need you when you're little. So I know for those of you who are sitting here who have a four year old and two year old, you're like, yeah, right. Well, I would love to lay down for the afternoon but that's <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> And so what I want to say to you to that is I know that sometimes we don't have when our kids are really little the freedom to do those things and that's where I think we have to do these micro moments that all keep contributing to what do I need to do for me. So sometimes when when my kids are younger that was going outside and taking my shoes off and walking on the grass and just breathing outside, it would be I would make sure that at night I would always have a bath by myself and that time was just that time is just for me um I would ask for some support whether it was once or twice a week with family or or I'd pay for a babysitter or something so I could just have a few hours to look out the window or go and get a massage or do something like it had to become priority for me to shift it to shift the story and and I know that it's really challenging when we've got little people and um and I, I guess where I finally, where it shifted for me, where as I said to my husband, nobody's winning if I'm not taking care of my needs. Nobody, <laughs> because I am grumpy, I am reactive. I'm even, you know, I'm snappy with my partner. Like no one's, no one's loving Lael when she's like this, right? I don't even love it. Oh, so, everyone's yeah. loving you. <laughs> I, say, I love you <laughs> thank you but how do I how how can we do this as a team so we can like as we say how can we all get our needs met here yeah. I want I want to turn up for my kids and I and I want to be a you know a beautiful partner for my husband and and for myself and all those kind of things but how do we how do we all get our needs here and that and my husband I would sit down and go Well, what do you need what would that look like for you this is what I need what can we outsource what can we do for each other you know and even those small little pockets of time made a massive difference because for a long time and I know I've shared this on the podcast we just competed as to um who was doing it tougher (laughs) and whoever looked like they were doing it harder he was like I'm working all day earning the money and I'm like I'm with the kids all day it's relentless and and nobody was winning because all we were doing is just like your needs not being met, my needs not being met." we were just totally in competition it was not harmonious and happy and then of course our kids were feeding off that and they were letting us know how they felt about it so it was a big shift to come back to okay Let's let's come back to our century here of how do we get our needs met? Yes. And sometimes that's being creative to go, how can I f- meet my needs for these different places so I can turn up in the way that I want to turn up? Yeah, it's so different, isn't it? I often talk about sprinkling it throughout your
0: day um, because I remember exactly the same. like we, we go from not being a parent to, uh, to being a parent I'm like, oh my gosh, suddenly. <laughs> it's much harder to have big, you know, half a day off to go and do a workshop or a yoga retreat or whatever it is. Um, you know, what I found really helpful is once I finally got, Oh my gosh, yes, I do need to meet my needs was um, what I used to call present time, which is non-directive child center play in aware parenting, which is, uh, the power that that's really powerful when we give this to our children, that really focused time when we're fully present as much as we possibly can. Magic happens there, but it also happens when we give that to ourselves. So I um, would even just set the timer for five minutes, perhaps when my lovelies were doing something and I would lie in the hammock, had a hammock hanging on our deck. And just for five minutes, I would be like, really present with myself and sink into the support of the hammock and look at the trees and what I found is that five minutes or maybe 10 minutes had the impact of maybe what five hours used to have because I was really savoring it and I was really um, choosing and willingly receiving that support and that rest and all of those things so you know again if we do it with Um, conscious awareness and again that may need lots of inner work around all the things that you've said I certainly needed to do all the same too as oh you know my needs matter and all of those things but that little things can make a profound difference Mm. if we are willing to receive the the support the love the nourishment in fact I remember do you remember many years ago we ran a workshop together on this do you remember and it was yes. all about seeing where people's you know connecting into our willingness to receive mm. ways and that's a massive thing in our culture mm. and it often requires us to uh, yeah, to do a lot of in- inquiry and crying and listening so mm. mm. we're actually willing to receive whether that's actually just when we have a So again, these to me are really support on that often that really the physiological level, the needs. It might be when we make ourselves a warm drink, even if we have a baby and a toddler and a seven-year-old is even if it's for 30 seconds or 10 Mm. seconds, feeling the warmth and feeling the warmth in our hands as Mm. we, as we drink that drink or the the coolness Mm. of it, it's that quality of presence and feeling the presence of that need being met can actually be something that's actually quite small and simple, but it's our willingness to receive that that can transform our day. Mm,
1: that yes, yes to all of that. I love that piece of the presence because you are right. You're so right. When we bring our presence and connect into those moments, it can it does so much as opposed to the unconsciousness of it. I, I really, really love that. It's also making me think about another piece that changed the story or the dialogue for me around I deserve to have time for myself and if, you know, I would see that um, if I love myself enough, I would give this to me, right? So I would really look at it like I do love myself enough and I'm going to claim this. But part of learning to love myself that I – Deserve this space, this time, filling up my cup—all those kind of things—is um, I, I absolutely love flowers. I made sure that I would have flowers in my house, whether it was flowers from the garden or I'd buy flowers. And the flowers to me always represented beauty. And whenever I look at the flowers, I would remind myself, I deserve beauty, and I—and it would tap me into something that just would remind me, you know, you're worthy of this, you're worthy of the beauty. And um, for me, when I was really learning relearning or learning how to give this to myself I needed often visual reminders so I would set up little pockets in my house that were like almost like little altars of beauty Mm -hmm. where I would go ah yes look at that it's beautiful and I deserve beauty and um, even amongst the chaos of toys on the floor and little kids and just there's moments of there's pockets of beauty there and that this isn't going to be forever you know this phase and um And to keep me in my softness and to keep me connected to who I am, you know, every time you look at these flowers or you look at that corner of your house, you're remembering that beauty and you're remembering that you deserve it and you're remembering that you're worthy of it and all those pieces. Mm. It was really a big shift for me um, to actually go, yeah, I can change what this story has meant for me. And it allows me to become, you know, that calm for my children, which is the mother that I wanted to be.
0: Mm, i love that yeah i i did that too for for quite some years the flowers were so important
1: Mm, mm. i'm thinking of another couple of things
0: uh one is when we're offering our child non directive child-centered play another thing i found really helpful again was uh connecting with am i willing for this also to be nourishing for me so rather than being more kind of a doing mode it's like okay how how am i in my body am i Am I feeling relaxed or tense? Am I willing to actually feel if we're sitting on the floor together and and watching them play blocks or they're telling me what to do around the the blocks, was I willing to actually just look in their eyes and notice their freckles and their eyelashes and actually really see them? And, again, that really simple thing, whereas I might be often, and often was, thinking about the future or what I was going to cook for dinner or how stressed I was or whatever, when I brought myself back to I'm I'm here with you and I'm looking at your beautiful little freckles, which are now like, you know they're big, they're not like that anymore, but we can still do that. Whatever age they are is that presence. And, and we can do that as well. If we're, even if we're listening to our child, having a tantrum or our baby's crying in our arms, that's the other thing I noticed in the early years, I'd be like tensed up and, you know, I'd be sitting, hunched over and then I realized oh my gosh you know while I'm listening I could and, and I then did set up a space so I have a make sure I've got a pillow behind my back even if that takes 30 seconds to get the pillow or I actually then had spaces set up so I've got the pillow so I can actually be relaxed and I can be feeling the support of the pillow I can relax my body I can mm-hmm. breathe into feeling my body being supported by the chair and the pillow and and connecting with the presence in my hands and my arms if I was holding them so again there are there are ways that we can be doing these not even doing these but connecting with our our calmness our presence our lovingness Mm -hmm. whilst we are in the midst of busy everyday life whether it's Mm -hmm. the the crying, the tantrums, the listening, the cooking, the dinner, the, you know, we can, there are ways to do it. And I think that is part of what I really loved you were talking about is like to to also believe, to hold with deep compassion how hard parenting is in this culture, in the nuclear families and all that stuff, and to be open, to be willing to also have a more enjoyable time to experience more support to get our needs met so like always holding both isn't it am, am i willing mm-hmm.
1: yeah i absolutely love that I, and it, you you were the one actually who brought that to my attention many years ago about look at their eyelashes <laughs> and that little nose and their ears and stuff and it really works because it makes you go oh my god look at this little human here that i made or that you know is is in my world and um it can bring you into that present moment. It's really, really powerful that practice to just to bring, yes, your attention there. And it and it can that really does help you to get out of that. Why are they doing this to me? You know, or I am not getting my needs met here. It does bring you into that present, so it does help some of those thoughts, particularly find a way to to calm down within it. I do love that, and and I think um, you mentioning that too, that piece about compassion for how challenging parenting is um as a as a mum who shared her story and she said at the end I fail often with this and I just want to you know send you a whole lot of compassion and understanding and going please 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 remember nobody showed us how to do this nobody well, it's very rare that we were modeled how to um how to take care of our needs? How to hold space for our children? How to parent in this way? Like it's rare that we come across parents who were raised this way who do find it a lot easier, obviously, because they've, you know, they've had, they know in their in the cells of their body what it feels like to be listened to. So please be kind with yourself, you know, around this, because as we talk about so often, the judgment does not help one tiny bit, and the answer always is this compassion. If we can breathe into the compassion of yes, it is hard. And yes, I've done the best job I can for now, and I'm just willing to keep moving a little bit further towards what I want it to look like. That compassion helps enormously.
0: Yeah, it's so important, isn't it? That there there, to me, there's no such thing as failure. Like there's no such thing as failure in any area, but particularly in parenting. And mm-hmm. yeah, but anytime we can, that's it can be such a helpful thing. Is like connecting in with. Um, of our bodies with our breathing with that with that little being i think that's so helpful to remember because i think the old way was we needed to be away from our child to get our needs met mm. and that can often i often seen the scene i often seen i often used to see i wonder if you did two levels, that would often lead to um at the end of the day when often our babies and our children are most likely to have to want to do big attachment play or to have a big cry or to to be uh, asking or for a loving limit so that they can have a big cry mm-hmm. and if we are at that point where we're just at our limit because we've been ignoring our needs all day which I so often used to see mm-hmm. is then that's when we we really need to be to feel resourced to be able to offer that connection because mm-hmm. that is the time that's going to make the most difference then to how they sleep and that how we sleep and how you know that need gets met mm-hmm. so if we're if we're like can't wait for them to go to sleep because then oh my god I can actually meet my needs Mm. that is not going to be of service to anyone Mm. so any way that we can just sprinkle throughout the day just yeah the the going outside to have bare feet on the Mm. essential oils the flowers the beautiful our favorite warm drink uh, mm. You know, sitting on the couch reading books and being really comfortable. Whatever we can, mm. the ways we can sprinkle those in, the less we're going to get to that point mm. where we're exhausted, mm. exhausted, where we're depleted. Those are most often the times, aren't they, where we do not feel calm because mm. we're desperate. And that is what we were saying right at the beginning. When we are, when we are so desperate to get our needs met, it's almost impossible to respond yes. calmly to a mm. baby or a child because, because. Our system is literally screaming, mm. please meet my needs. I'm desperate here. Mm. Mm. So it does not, that old paradigm of parents and particularly mothers ignoring our needs it does not serve our children. Mm. It is actually the opposite because it's going to lead to us getting to that point where we are so fed up or we just want them to go to sleep or, no, I'm not willing to listen or, no, I don't want to play with you or we say things we regret because our body is literally screaming out, I'm desperate for my needs to get met here. So if you've ever felt that, I really want to invite you to mm. to remember that sprinkling and meeting your needs, whatever ways you can is going to help you feel more relaxed in your body.
1: Mm. Yes, that's so good. And the other piece to that too, when we start to claim this for ourselves, we are modeling to our children what it will look like. We are showing them that we really value ourselves and that we are we are claiming this space for us. And here's the thing that I found over these two. Um, when we are really clear on what we're doing, what we want, our children will usually go, okay, right? But when we're wishy-washy with her, when we're like, I don't know, and yes, they probably need me here, that kind of stuff, they're going to feel that. And so then they're going to push harder (laughs) when you try and do it to go, really? Do you really think that you deserve this, (laughs) mum? Where are you at? And when we are clear in our bodies and our beings on those things, children will usually adapt pretty easily and go, okay. So as we model that to them, this is mummy's time for 15 minutes. I'm laying down. You can read your books. You can do whatever you need or whatever that looks like. They learn to respect that that's your time. What they're watching is you taking care of your own needs. So you're modeling to them how that looks. So not only will they learn how to do that for themselves, that's going to become their imprint, you know, when they become parents as well, that this is vitally important so that they, you know, we can turn up in the way that we want to. So I struggled with that for a while until I realized actually when I'm super clear on this, my kids are like, Oh yeah, cool. Right. And it was, they never even questioned it anymore because they were like, Oh yeah, that's what mum needs and that's what she's doing and good on you. You know, it was just like, yes. And I I watched that with my, um, all my kids, my daughters and my son, their ability to take care of their needs is really incredible. They know what they need. Mm-hmm. They know when they need a treatment for their bodies, they'll say, can I go to the osteo or can I have this? Or um, I really just need to lay down. All right. Like they're so in tune with this is what my body's needing. And this is how I need to get my needs met in this moment, because we have worked really hard to show them what that looks like. And that to me is a gift, a gift. So Amazing. So amazing. Yeah. I remember
0: so many people coming and saying, no, but whenever I go to just have two minutes to do a tiny bit of yoga, my my child just screams Mm. or, you know, whatever it is. It's like, Mm. yeah, yes, they will. They feeling to uh, exactly you know whether we're really willing and how comfortable we feel yeah. with it and all of yeah. that. Stuff.
1: Yeah, and that and that there is again that can be a beautiful big ball of string <laughs> to un- unravel, yeah. because you know and that then ties into our well, what is our story around? Do I deserve? to do this what's my imprint been around self-care you know is the story I grew up with was you just sacrifice yourself for your children like that then again brings a whole other piece of that string that we get to look at and go well what what is my belief systems around this what was yes. I shown yes. where is the core story in this if I do do that so that's there's a you know oh, that, yeah, yeah. it's complex <laughs> Complex, isn't it? It's so oh. complex. Complex. Mm. Bu- and beautifully complex,
0: too. Mm. Beautifully yes. Complex. Yes. Mm. So if we think about those three circles, that's really, we've talked a lot, haven't we, about physiology, needs, nervous system, all of that. Should we, where should we go next? Should we talk, Go a bit deeper in uh, the thought. We've talked a lot. Mm, where should we go? The imprints and thoughts and information or younger, well, feelings from the past?
1: Well, I think perhaps, you know, I think we've kind of those first two were kind of aware of, but I think maybe the feelings from the past, which we've just, we've just, Listen, listen. we have explored i was trying to say discovered and explored at the same time i like that you've been have... a new word. just, just <laughs> dex- explored 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 um which we we have talked quite a bit about in in previous podcasts about reparenting ourselves and and yes. you know when we have we get really activated all those kind of things But we've talked we've talked a lot about in some of those other podcasts around you know what our what we witnessed when we were children particularly if we grew up in environments that were very authoritarian there's a lot of power over if there was a lot of yelling if there was violence if there was aggression you know it makes a lot of sense that how our body is going to respond and react when our children show any signs of that and that you know sometimes Well, how I see that is sometimes we need support to work through those stories. Sometimes we need someone else to hold space for us to discover them, and and sometimes those stories feel really painful and scary to look at.
0: Yes, absolutely, and I would say at. I would say just about for pretty much everyone, it's going to be essential that we, that we have someone to talk to about our own feelings, to be able to practice aware parenting. We need mm. to have someone where we are regularly sharing our feelings that are showing up. It, it's really just essential because mm. most of us did not get that. We, most of us have a lot of years of unexpressed feelings. And the I, I always love saying, you know, it's normal and natural. We're being, reminded our children are constantly reminding us of things that we experienced in the past where we didn't get to express our feelings. So those feelings come up in the present to be heard this time. So again, this is the place where I see so many parents over the years, and particularly mamas, like doing everything they possibly can to listen to every single one of their child's feelings. But whenever they have feelings showing up, particularly if it's powerlessness or rage or frustration or grief, uh what i call hitting themselves with emotional sticks so judging themselves or shaming themselves rather than going of course this is normal and natural this is what our psyche is designed to do we are trying to express the feelings and have heard that never got to be heard but of course if uh, and this is what will happen is little four-year-old johnny is not um getting in the car and we, we feel outraged when they keep saying no, the feelings, or I love to say this I say often to mentees, is the feelings are exactly apt. The feelings are apt and beautiful and wonderful. It's just generally the person that we are expressing to is not the person that they're actually designed to go towards. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's usually our, you know, a parent, it's often a parent or a sibling mm. or a teacher where the mm. feelings are actually um you know, that's where they were. We would have wanted to express them to as, as younger people. So the more we're getting to express those to another adult who can listen to us, uh, ideally preventatively, but often not the less likely those feelings are going to come up in ways that we are going to, it's almost going to be impossible to feel calm Mm. and stay calm because Mm. that rage, that powerlessness, that frustration, that grief wants to be heard. So again, it's like the sleep, the going, you know, the end of the day thing. I feel the energy in my body. It wants to be expressed. Those feelings want to come out. They're lovely. They're beautiful. They're normal. They're natural. Not so helpful if they come out with four-year-old Johnny. So wonderfully they come out with your empathy buddy and you can share how frustrated and outraged you feel when your dad said no to you whenever you asked for help or whatever it was. So again, the, the beautiful, normal naturalness of it and the essentialness. And again, for most of us, we will often need to do lots of in a way even to be willing to actually share our feelings with someone because for all kinds of reasons that was not safe we were not heard we were shamed we were punished we were mm. sent to time out so even that to actually set up time with an empathy buddy or go and see uh, an aware parenting instructor or a therapist or a counselor whoever it is that is often a big step isn't it but mm. these feelings are beautiful and normal and natural and yummy and the yes. more we express them the less they're going to come out for children to so be able to feel calm when johnny does not getting in the car we're going to be yeah. able to feel calm when yes. susie's having a tantrum in the middle of the supermarket <laughs> because mm. we're getting to express our feelings mm. I, I, love so simple, so <laughs> I know it's <laughs> so simple it's <laughs> so That's hard so hard, <laughs> so hard. <laughs>
1: totally we the podcast we did called mother rage we talked a lot about this because we talked about how that can you know so many women we've spoken to just say i'm the calmest person ever and then i had children and i just the rage that came out and that's a good one to go and listen to as well because we we definitely dive into that around yeah the feelings from the past that turn up, it's, it's rich. And, you know, I, I love what you're saying there. they are beautiful. You're exactly right. If we can tune, if we can turn to look at these feelings and go, ah, oh, there's nothing wrong with you. And I'm not bad for feeling them. And, you know, they are just here to be heard and we turn towards them, gosh, it can make a difference to how much easier it is to feel and process them. We spend most of our time turning away, trying to run from them instead of actually leaning towards them and saying, okay, come on, tell me, take a seat, what's going on? Um, and, you know, then it can actually shift you know, with a lot more grace and ease sometimes. Yeah.
0: And again, the interweaving of that, because, you know, we may have exactly, we may have internalized all kinds of harsh thoughts about when we're feeling, you know, I shouldn't be feeling upset. I'm imagining there might be all kinds of things like you know, it's weak to be upset or um, I will get hurt or I'm stupid. I'm silly. I'm silly for being sad. Why? I've got
1: nothing to be said. All these things. Or or I'm a bad mom. If I get angry and upset, you know, like if I was a good mom, I'd be calm and I would do it like this. You know, I must, I'm a bad mom. I'm not very good at these all of that
0: yes so yeah. again in in order to be able to be more able to freely feel our feelings and express them we often need to, to again mm-hmm. to the thoughts and the and the internalized beliefs and then we'll often need to work with our needs and our mm-hmm. body and our nervous system and again actually getting to speak to someone who feels calm so in mm-hmm. terms of the staying calm we often also need to have the experience of someone Staying calm whilst we are crying, 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 you know, big crying, big snot. You know, the type where it's the <laughs> snot and the falling on the floor and you're watching the drops and the snot, or a little crying, doesn't matter, you know, whatever the crying is. Or, and again, we might need to, and often we will, if we've never got to express that little bits of frustration until the point where we can say, I'm just absolutely outraged and rah. And there's someone else who's sitting with us feeling complete, calm and relaxed in and, and we will feel that in our bodies gosh they're really calm and relaxed they feel they gosh they're really comfortable with these feelings oh my gosh i can express more and you know we've got all kinds of mirror neurons there's all kinds of beautiful studies and research that shows the importance of that to have someone else so that, that, that we actually understand in ways that we probably never got that we're safe while we're feeling mm. feelings. There is nothing wrong with us while we're feeling feelings. Mm. And actually, that when we, which is one of the beauties of where parenting isn't it, that when we are with someone, when we go through the feeling and it's big and we come out the other side we feel relaxed and calm and most of us never got that so for many of us we get to big feelings and we you know we might think they're going to go on forever or we're going to you know just you know it's scary because we didn't ever get to experience that whole cycle where we come out the other side and we go, oh, my gosh, I can see clearly. And, oh, my gosh, I'm so in love with my children and my partner and the dog, and I want to go and love everybody in the whole world. You know, we, When we get that experience, then it's so much easier, isn't it, to then also stay calm when our child's having a tantrum or crying or raging and trusting that they will come out the other side, you know, in love with life.
1: Mm, that's so rich I you know I think we've covered so many things today in the podcast around which I think will be beautiful for anyone listening because there's the pieces that you might relate to and go actually yeah you know what I need to help my body or I need to take time for me or I need to have that experience of being heard lovingly or I need to look at this like you know there is so much richness and I think in what we've talked about today of the different things that we can do to help find our center and stay calm I think it's it really is about tuning into ourselves. What, am, what are my needs here that are going to support me to find my way through this? I think that's, um, you know, it's, it, 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 I keep, we kept coming back to the complex, beautifully complex, but it is, and it's an individual journey. And I think it's that, um, it's just starting compassionately to go. Yeah. Okay. Where, where do I begin for me in this moment? yes
0: and knowing that in the beginning and in the each step that we take whichever one of those three is the more we do that over a period of time we're attending to all three of those the easier it is for us to stay calm more of the time the easier it is for us to stay calm in more of what our Mm -hmm. children do because those those things you know they make a difference in a long time do
1: Do you know it's interesting um from when i really started to do aware parenting and and i probably i wasn't a massive yeller but i would yell a little bit before i did aware parenting and one of the biggest changes i i really noticed is that when i started to obviously listen to feelings and look at getting my needs and change all that story i didn't yell anymore just ever i I could not tell you the last time i yelled it would have been i don't know 15 years ago or something um perhaps actually the only time i yelled it was when i said to my teenagers can you please turn the music down when it's so loud (laughs) because i can't hear them Um, But I think that is what I have seen the hugest difference in this is that um, if, and I think what in the early days, it was my barometer. If I started to yell, I was like, oh, there it is. Uh I need some space. I need some time. I need connection. I need body. work. I need something for me. So that for me, when I really started to get this, yeah. the, when I did start to move into anger yelling, that was like my own little internal red flag that went, okay, you've blown enough. What do you need now? <laughs> then yeah. I'd be like, okay, I've reached capacity. Cause that's what I'm defaulting to. And I don't want to go there. So what do I need? It was just almost like, yep, that's non-negotiable now because, um, you know, I've reached capacity in that way. So that was a beautiful barometer for yeah. me to see and and I think it is possible it's it's possible to to raise your family without yelling and and feeling like that it takes work in the sense of that you know we have to look at our stories and and be willing to have that support but I absolutely believe it is possible I know it's possible you know to do it there's plenty of families you know that I think also share that same kind of thing of that when we when we do this work and we change that story we are really changing how safe it can feel in our families for our kids
0: yes i love that you shared that example as well because i'm wondering whether that might be helpful for our listeners is to to think of the things that you do that are when you're not calm when you're reacting ways that you really don't want to with your child or children and again rather than to at that point to be judging yourself or shaming yourself is actually seeing that that's your barometer or that's your flag and that actually indicates to you that something needs to be attended to in yes. yourself and then to look okay and you might like to use this map you know what is it to, because you might think oh is it something more on that physiological needs level is it more around information do i need to go back to maybe reading alita's books or coming and doing all our lovely courses or whatever it is reading articles um reading our posts um or you know is there some uh, their feelings from the past mm. coming up that I need to have heard or I need to explore in some way. Mm. And, you know, really trusting that we know we know what we need and you know what you need. You mm. absolutely know what you need. Dear mm. listener.
1: <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that. It's beautiful.
0: Because that's the core, isn't it? And we so often talk about that. And I love how you talk about Lal, is, you know, looking behind the behavior. So again, mm. we're applying aware parenting to ourselves. Mm. We are behaving, you know, our behavior is, no, we're shouting or we are whatever the thing is mm. rather than to just address that behavior it's like mm. what's underneath that what's yes. really going on how do I attend and that's why I love the map of three is because mm. then we can attend to we can attend to it in the most effective way rather than just a blanket thing that everyone does what mm. for me now am I being invited to do
1: mm. yes it's so good It's so good Yeah. That's, that's rich. All right. Let's to finish up. What would be your offering? What would you, uh, what do you want to offer?
0: I think that what I already just said around, yeah, noticing what is, what, how can you tell that's one of those three things is needed in attention for you. So what is, what is your one of or some of Mm. ways that you when you are not feeling calm? Mm. Uh, So to actually just to even notice that for yourself and Mm. When you're having a sense you're getting close to that or you've just done that, mm-hmm. I invite you to to tap in what which of the three needs attending to for you and are you willing to mm. do
1: that? Mm, yes, I love that. I think mine would just be, can you just wrap yourself up in a big blanket of compassion <laughs> <laughs> for where you are? right to just you know whether it is that you feel like you, you you know you get really reactive with your kids or whether you feel like you're yelling whether you feel like it, it feels too hard and you can't cope can you just imagine a big blanket of compassion wrapping around you saying you're doing the best job you can right now and that you know um you know there is just compassion and empathy there for you which is the first step to creating change so can you give that to yourself imagine that we're giving you a hug imagine that we're like oh yes really hear you. Yeah, yeah yeah
0: we hear you we're right here we're listening we love you exactly as you are we really hear yeah. how hard it is yeah and we know that you can change this yes yes totally it's
1: possible that's it oh. that's it Oh, what a beautiful juicy mm-hmm. podcast do you have an offering that you'd like to share about before we depart? um um, well, I just have really my couples course at the moment is probably the one if you want to explore more around this and with your partner as well because we've talked a lot about mothers today, but of course this applies for to fathers as well. Yeah. Um, that in, in my couples course it does go into these these themes definitely and, and opens up conversations for you both to have together about how that turns up because for me a big part of my parenting journey was the com- competition p- place with my husband, <laughs> where the, the Who's Doing It Tougher game. We were very, very good at playing that. Um, and I know that that turns up a lot with couples as well. So, in my couples course, we explore a lot around that, you know, how, how that turns up. So, yeah. What about you? What have you got, honey?
0: oh I'm thinking of two things. I have a little, like, it's a PDF audio. I think it's a video as well. And it's how to help ourselves respond helpfully to our child's behavior. So, that's um one. And also, my Making Friends with Children's Feelings course goes a lot into these three different things and how mm-hmm. to attend to them. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, beautiful, and our book will be coming <laughs> soon, so you can um, look out for that. And we cover all of this juiciness in our in our new book. So yes, we'll that will be. That will be arriving soon. Yes, I'll <laughs> keep you posted. Yum. Thank you, everyone, for being here. And, you know, please, if you have something you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, we welcome you can send us a message through Instagram or Facebook and, and um, you know, we'll read to it. talk about it. I will read it <laughs> and then I'll say to Marion, we're going to talk about this. <laughs> yeah, thanks for being here, everybody.
0: Oh, thank you and so much love to you.
1: Thanks for joining us on the Aware Parenting Journey. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Aware Parenting Podcast. You can find more about Lael at www.laelstone.com.au or find Marion at www.marianrose.net. We wish you much compassion and grace on your parenting journey.